Welcome to Share Talk, the only podcast where investors come first. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Hayden Locke, who's CEO at Emerson. How are you today, Hayden? Very well, thanks, Zach. You've just uh, delivered your latest uh, corporate update to the market. Uh, run us through that, please. The corporate update was really just outlining the huge amount of work that we've got going on as a company this year that will really uh, start to move that project through the de-risking milestones and one step closer to construction and really outlining what shareholders and potential investors can hope to see in terms of high impact news flow over the year. Obviously, these things uh, tend to be rather movable feasts in terms of you know what exactly happens after what or before what. Um, how would you see this uh, timeline panning out? So we've got drilling ongoing at the moment, which is really focused on upgrading that resource to the higher confidence categories, but also providing material for our metallurgical test work campaign. Uh, That is ongoing at the moment, so I would expect to see some drill results uh, trickle out over the coming months. Um, We will commence, hopefully, the metallurgical test work program in the next two weeks to a month. Um, We've already commenced the planning process on that. And then really, once we get into the feasibility study, there'll be lots of news flow coming out of that feasibility study as we continue to deliver, as we did with the scoping study, the small, discrete portions of technical work that go into that feasibility study. A bit of recent news, just from the end of last uh, year. Uh, On the 20th of November, you announced the results of a scoping study. looked to me that everything was uh, fine and dandy, but the market didn't really latch on to that. What's your explanation for that? Well, I think the obvious one is the the general state of the market uh, globally. I think it was a very tough time across the board for all of the junior uh, end of the market, but but even the bigger stocks, uh, we saw a lot of the big tech stocks coming off pretty significantly at that time. I think there's just a general amount of uncertainty in the market. It was a little bit disappointing. Uh, Obviously, not every day you deliver a scoping study with the kind of economics uh, and, you know, de-risky milestone that we delivered in November. Uh, but we're in a very fortunate position where we have plenty of cash uh, available to continue the, the de-risking work. And so I'm sure over the future, the quality of this story will bubble to the surface. I mean, would you say perhaps that expectations have got a little bit ahead of themselves in terms of what you have there in Morocco? No, I don't really think so, because I think the, the scoping study really confirmed everything that we thought it would be. And in many cases, it was better than we thought it would be. So I'm not sure that we really got ahead. I think, unfortunately, we just delivered that really big milestone into a very tough market, which uh, people saw as an opportunity to take a bit of risk off the table. And this week, you've had your corporate update and you talked uh, a lot about de-risking the project, which is clearly a a crucial activity for any company in this area. Um, How will that pan out? Yeah, there's a huge amount of workflow going on on the ground at the moment. Um, you know, the key things that we're focused on, obviously, are the technical de-risking milestones. That's the, that's the first thing in our mind. Key items in that are drilling, infill and expiration drilling to expand the resource and upgrade the resource to the higher confidence categories, but also to commence the, the technical work that goes into f- delivering that feasibility study. A key component of that will be the metallurgical test work, which will hopefully kick off in the next couple of weeks and will deliver this year. Uh, that will be a very big de-risking milestone for the project. And then obviously the feasibility study. Um, and then on the other side is really the financing uh, aspects of this project. It is, uh, you know, we're looking to finance somewhere between 350 and $400 million to do the full project. Uh, the question mark is how do we approach it? Do we, do we break it down and do a slightly smaller project and then bootstrap our way to the larger project, in which case we could significantly reduce our funding capacity? Our experience as a management team is we've delivered over $600 million of capital raised for development stage projects in the world, potash and gold. So we know how to raise the money. 
But the real question is, what's the optimal financing mix for our shareholders right now? There are many options available to us, some of which will uh, result in no dilution, no direct dilution for our shareholders, which may be interesting for us, especially if the market remains under pressure. The obvious one, which everyone asks me about, is the potential for a strategic partner. The strategic value of an asset like this is so great that there will definitely be strategic interest and we're already fielding uh, inquiries from st potential strategic partners on that aspect. So those are the two big de-risking aspects that we're going to focus on this year uh, and hopefully that'll culminate in a good feasibility study towards the end of this year or early next year. Right, maybe a crazy question, but I mean, if, if the project seemed to be that good and that big and that world-beating, would you actually just sell the project on? Is that, is that a possibility? I think there's a price for everything is the answer to that. Um, it's not necessarily going to be my decision. Um, my focus is really uh, trying to ensure that no matter what happens, we're not selling this for less than it's worth and, and therefore shortchanging our shareholders. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, there's a price for everything. At this point, we are a long, long way from what I think is a, a reasonable and fair price for this asset. So my focus now is just continue to de-risk the project and uh, continue to move it towards that production milestone and what will be, will be. One of the most well-known companies on the London stock market in the recent years has been Sirius Minerals with its uh, North Yorkshire project. That's one large potash uh, project. Um, how do you compare with that? What are the lessons you've learned from that? Are there any lessons to learn from that? Sirius has done an amazing job uh, in terms of creating a profile for fertiliser, uh, for the fertiliser space. So I think they've done an amazing job in, in getting the story out about you know, feeding this growing population and how are we going to do it. We can't achieve that without the use of fertilisers. So really bringing that fertiliser and, uh, and you know, global feeding the, the human race story into the spotlight um, has been very useful. Um, there are some similarities. Uh, you know, obviously, we're both tapping into that long-term growth thematic, uh, which is very well supported by by shrinking arable land and increasing population. Um, but I think there are also a lot of dissimilarities between the projects. Uh, the most obvious being that Sirius is a, a huge project. It's a mega project, uh, multi-billion dollar capex. Uh, we are very, very small. And actually one of the key attributes of our project that we like to draw attention to is we are among the lowest capital cost potash, i.e. potassium-based fertilizer projects in the world. Uh, we're in the bottom two or three uh, in terms of total capex and capital intensity. So dissimilarity on that side. Um, again, we're selling into a market which is very well understood. It's a, uh, a very large, deep market. It's been growing pretty consistently between 2 and 3% for the last sort of 20 years. Um, so a well understood market. Sirius has a new product uh, which looks on the face of it to be an interesting product for the agricultural uh, community and certainly something that is complementary to the existing products that are in the market. So um, some similarities, some dissimilarities. And is yours an easier project um, in terms of infrastructure and just where you are geographically, etc.? I mean, is, 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 is that a fair thing to say? I think it's probably less technically complex. You know, the, there are some technical complexities in, in Sirius. A project of that size just carries an additional level of uh, complexity, uh, but both are still underground mines and so carry uh, a level of complexity that needs to be respected by the management team when they approach uh, building and operating these mines. In terms of the, the potash market, where are we in the cycle? Is it boom time? Is it bust time? Is it somewhere in the middle? Right now it's really good. So we hit a bottom, the bottom of the market occurred in about July 2016. 
very tough times for the incumbent producers. Uh, since then, there's been a lot more discipline exercised in uh, the supply side of the market. Demand has continued to grow pretty steadily um, and in the last two years we've seen two years of record global demand. So we're up to about 66 million tonnes a year now. Um, so there's significant demand and it, and it remains consistent, uh, but what we've seen is much more discipline from the incumbents, which has caused the prices in some cases to rise uh, over 30% from the, from the bottom. So all is looking pretty good at the moment. Uh, there are some new mines coming online. They're largely offset by old mines that are uh, running out and, and have been closed down, and a couple of those have been closed down in the last six months. So we see a fairly balanced market. There is, like in all commodities, uh, additional capacity that can come on if the price goes up, but that, but that price uh, to incentivise that capacity is significantly higher than where we are today. So we see pretty positive uh, market fundamentals for at least the next 12 to 18 months. But your, your, your position as a low-cost producer means that you're relatively cushioned against the, uh, the slings and arrows of, of commodity volatility. That's right. So my view on any commodity is it's, it's a fool's game to try and time this commodity cycle. If you're going to invest in any sort of project, you need to be targeting an investment that is in the lowest quartile of operating costs, if possible, certainly the bottom half. If you can do that, you will be able to weather the storms of the natural cycles of each commodity that you're investing in. Um, and in this case, we have a project that, to its key markets, is in the bottom quartile, as confirmed by the industry expert Argus's uh, review of the project and its report, uh, which included our numbers in it. So. We're in a very good position. I think that's even further enhanced by the fact that on a global scale, we are so low capex compared to our peers, which means we just have even more of a buffer of safety to weather those natural cycles in the, in the commodity price. Right, we just had your corporate update. What's the time frame on your next like, major piece of news? News flow will be ongoing. I'd expect you know, we'll try and get something out at least monthly uh, over the course of the year. We've got plenty in the pipeline um, a lot of it is dependent on how quickly we can accelerate that work, but I would expect um, certainly there'll be pieces of news flow as regularly as each month. Uh, in the first half of the year, there'll be a lot of drilling information coming out. We're, tr we're drilling currently to increase that resource. At the end of that drilling campaign, we'll announce an upgraded uh, mineral resource estimate. Um, obviously, the metallurgical test work will commence early in the year, and I would expect it to be delivered sometime just after the, the first half of the year. Um, and then obviously the, the key components of the feasibility study, as we did with the scoping study, we will be releasing the key components of the feasibility study so that people can see the progress that we're making and see the, the uh, positive things that are happening that we'll be able to see as a management team. Hayden Locke, uh, CEO at Emerson, thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. Remember to visit our website for more news and other podcasts at www.share-talk.com.